The story I'm going to tell you could be about one Montana zip code. 59065. Yeah. (laughs) But that's possibly boring, right? And also, it's only sort of about that zip code. Really, it's about the woman you just heard, Barbara Walker, who owns a town. I live here in Prey. I own the town. Which means she owns zip code. Because they don't give out zip codes anymore like they used to. The federal government has a post office on her land in Prey and sends her a rent check. It used to be, though, that the post office was in the back of the old Prey store. It's still there. It even has the old cash register. It's really a relic to the past. And it's part of what Barbara Walker came to own, but for a while now, wants to sell. She inherited the five acres that make up this town from her husband and his parents. The Walkers have owned Prey since the 1950s. Since, I think, 54. 1954. If you're not familiar with Prey or this part of the world, it's a little spot just north of the only entrance to Yellowstone National Park that's open year-round. It's in what's called the Paradise Valley, and that's a name no one I know of would find fault with. Because, I mean, it's pretty here. More than pretty. Especially when the clouds hang low on Emigrant Peak and the grass is that particular golden color that makes people never want to leave. There's a resort here that's kind of famous, Chico Hot Springs, and there's a lot of beautiful land. But Barbara, well, it's complicated. But the truth is, she's kind of over it. She definitely still cares about Prey. It's got a lot of stories, and she's been the keeper of them. But at this point, it might be time to move on. I want to go see what's out there, and I can't do it tied to five acres of commercial property. It started with an auction in June 2012. And that was kind of a big deal. It's not like little towns in Montana going up on the block is a regular thing. It was a story in the local papers and hit the radar at some of the networks. This was from CBS This Morning. When you live out here in big sky country, there is no sense in living small. So this is your town. Yep, this is it. Welcome to Prey. But despite the publicity, the town, it didn't sell for what the stories back then said it might. Somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.4 million. In Los Angeles, that might get you a two-bedroom, two-bath house. Here in New York, you'd be lucky to get a two-bedroom apartment. But in Montana, you get an entire town. Since then, there have been a few changes in realtors and quite a few drops in the price. A local firm last listed it at 534000 So that's right, for a little over half a mil, you could own a piece of paradise. Valley. I wondered about the rest, about why she wanted out. So I wrote Barbara Walker a letter, the kind with a stamp. She called me, and eventually we met at her house, which is part of the property she's selling. Hello? Okay. <laughs> We're in this very cute kitchen in the part of the house she lives in when it's not booked as a vacation rental. If it is booked, she has a bed in this cavernous attached office area. There's a beautiful old school pool table in there too. Yeah, it's retro. I love the stuff from the 60s and 70s. So that's a Turns out Barbara's a competitive pool player. She's also a professional photographer. Before that, and when she was a single mom of two boys, She had to move for a short time to a shelter in Billings. And then uh, 
went to work in Billings as a jailer. But didn't love it. After starting out cleaning campground toilets. You know, you start at the bottom, <laughs> you, you clean the outhouses, and if you can take pride in how you do it. She worked her way up as a wilderness ranger in the Forest Service. She's also worked ranches, and for quite a few years now, she's been the mayor, the rent collector, the maintenance person, and the chief lawnmower of prey. It's almost like she's led several lives in Montana, even though she's only in her early 50s. And also, this is possibly weird for me to say, but she's gorgeous. Blonde, lovely style, like a slightly older movie star who lives in Montana between films. She didn't grow up here, though. She was a farm girl in Nebraska. Eastern Nebraska, no less. Flat. Corn country, soybeans, salt of the earth people, hard workers, um, and I hated it. She ended up here because of her first husband, whose parents lived here. After she left him and moved into that shelter, she figured out how to make it work on her own, how to raise her kids out in the country. They didn't even have TV for a big chunk of that time. Part of that meant working out childcare around solo hitches in the backcountry for the Forest Service. That's kind of how she ended up owning Prey, after meeting her second husband, Johnny Walker. Yep, that's his name. But she knew his mom first. Uh, Yeah, she was my buddy. You know, I came around, I first came around in the 80s as a young woman working for the Forest Service and up and down that East River Road all day long, you know, going into all these different drainages and stop in and see Ruby. You know, always a smile, always, you know, fun to visit. I'd fill up, you know, the government truck on her gas pump to make her, you know, her dollar fifty. Barbara would also uh, pop in to use the famous red phone inside the store to call her sitters or check in with her boss. Ruby Walker, eventually her mother-in-law, ran both the store and the post office then. Postmaster for 30 years. Before that, Ruby's mother-in-law, Madge, did the same job. I think for 17. So between the two of them, 47 years as postmasters. The Walker women were always more than the people who sorted your mail and cashed you out. They were the matriarchs who ran things in the one place everyone stopped. Whether it was a mountain man, she had some guy on a cross-country trip on a mule, the kids on the four-wheelers, the ranch kids, and everybody came for the Wilcoxon's ice cream. Or sometimes they came in to weigh their babies. Because they didn't go into town to pediatricians. So they'd bring their babies in and weigh them on the meat scale because it had precision. Regulars included the Anderson boys, old miners who'd come in and talk at Ruby. Every morning, come get their mail, come solve the world problems, and sometimes they'd make Ruby so mad because she'd say, they're full of bowl hockey. Especially Albert. Because he didn't have indoor plumbing still to this day in the 80s. And she'd say, I don't know why he has to come in here to do his morning duty. Then he'd leave and Jeff Bridges would walk in. Yeah, that Jeff Bridges. He's owned a place in the Paradise Valley for three decades. And you can sit and have your ice cream or drink your soda pop and um, stare at them, but, you know, they were, they were locals. Since it was incorporated as a town in 1907, Prey was always privately owned. The first guy with the deed, Valentine Egger, played a bit of politics and named it after Montana's then-congressman, Charles Nelson Prey. 
it's changed hands only a couple of times and even survived the state moving the highway, which really slashed all that tourist traffic heading straight through to Yellowstone. Barbara entered the picture after marrying Johnny in 1991. He worked for the Forest Service, too. She knew about him, and they worked on some projects together. And now he's interested. I'm not, because it just seems like it's going to be messy. And I'm still healing, too, and I'm leery. But he is just so damn cute. And he just had such an interesting and funny way about him. And I was in love with his mother. And um, I, I... it just, it just very slowly, before I knew it, we were in a romance. It was his second marriage, too, and he became stepdad to her two boys. Barbara, always the worker, stepped right in and started doing whatever needed to be done for her family and his. Johnny had always been a big player in the daily lives of his parents, Ruby and Tavner. And not-so-fun jobs, you know, crawling under their home in the wintertime, to fix pipes, you know, because Tavner was a spendthrift and didn't get the propane till it ran out and they froze their pipes and he's doing this on top of the ranch and the jobs and and never complain. If you notice Barbara talks about her husband in the past tense, it's because a lot of things happened to her in this family. After Ruby retired as postmaster, she closed the store. And not long after that, she died. Tavner wasn't the type to then do what would have been easiest for Barbara and Johnny. Tavner was very independent, and we were doing everything we could at that time to keep him home because he did not want to leave prey. That worked for a while until 2003, and he was, thank God, at the ranch when it happened, but he collapsed in the um, uh, shop. He needed care, and it made sense to Barbara that she'd be the one to do that. We really did become quite close because we hung out all the time. I mean, I used to call him uh, with great fondness. My four-year-old, 84-year-old. That's how come she knew Tavner was miserable. We had a sit-down meeting. We called them our kitchen table meetings. And we said to Tavner, I called him Pa, uh, Pa, what do you need to make you happy? And he said, I want to go home. And we knew that that meant. So uh, Johnny and I had a private meeting. And the plan was, I said, you know, bare minimum, fix it up. Just something for him to do. Place for the locals to go. Make everything a dollar. (laughs) Coffee's a dollar. Water's a dollar. Pop's a dollar. I'll have the gallery. I can go back on the road because the gallery can only be open when I feel like it what do you need? And he said, well, I need some acreage so I can run a few calves, have something to do. And then me and my buddy, we're just going to go to farm auctions and we're going to fill that store up with junk and we're going to call it antiques. And so we had this big plan. Everybody go back to pray, reopen the store, maybe build some rental cabins out back. This was going to be the new chapter. And it was like, yeah, 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 this is all, we're so clever. You know, and uh, and then they found out Johnny got kidney cancer, and all the plans changed again. Prey came to a screeching halt. Instead, the three of them, Barbara, Johnny, and Tavener, did what Johnny had secretly wanted to do for years. 
Barbara always figured he'd retire and they'd continue to cattle ranch. But her husband told her, I don't think I even want him to deal with cows anymore. He says, I think I want a nice horse ranch. Okay, where? And out of the blue, he said, Shadron, Nebraska. <laughs> Everyone thinks we ended up moving there because I'm originally from Nebraska. I very quietly and mentally went kicking and screaming. <laughs> Johnny, who had finished around a treatment at this point, and his dad became quite the pair in this new uh, place. You know, he was like the interesting guy in town, him and his dad at the coffee shop. Um, he loved a $10 steak. You know, he loved a buck fifty beer. And uh, I don't know where there was a turning point. You know, you blank out some of the details. You know, you just have that, that space of time. But he was more like, well, if I don't look at the monster in the closet, maybe it'll go away. Okay, I have to open the closet and just start asking some blunt questions. And uh, that was when I asked a Rapid City doctor, and he's, that's when he told me, he said, he's dying. Johnny died at home in Nebraska. Tabner took it really hard. You know, that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody loses someone that they had a part of their life, even when Tavner was a packer, an, uh, a horse packer in the park, he worked for Yellowstone Park for a few years, um, he'd take Johnny with him. You know, he had this boy with him his whole life, Johnny's whole life. And uh, so... Tavner died after moving in with his daughter. And then Barbara became the person who owns Prey. It was by the process of um, joint tenancy, meaning last one standing, kind of a thing. And then I, I said, I guess I was the one that was going to bring Prey back. She went back and cleaned the old place up. She built that house with the commercial attachment. She revamped her photography business there. She tried to replant some roots. But they're not her roots. Without Johnny and his family there, it started to feel like not enough. I don't see myself being the little old lady with the white hair that's in the store telling this story again 30 years from now. You know, I've got new things I want to do. And uh, I want to see what somebody else does with it. So we'll see. We'll see what Prey's journey is going to be. She'd love it if a family bought it and reopened the store or built some cute cabins for the tourists. But she also knows she can't control what happens here. And uh, whoever's going to buy it next, they're going to do whatever they're going to do with it. And even if it's nothing more than a private residence and their own private little piece of paradise, it's still here. It's still a town because that post office is here. And it's not going away anytime soon. Barbara Walker calls herself a motivated seller of this town, although she knows it's been on the market a long time. She's had a few bites over the years, mostly from developers who lowballed her and probably wanted to bulldoze it. It's a unique slice of real estate for sure. There's nothing else really like it, and so I knew that would be a story. What I didn't know was Barbara, who's more than its owner and mayor. She's a woman who left the farm in Nebraska, moved to Montana, raised two kids mostly on her own between hitches with the Forest Service. She's someone who married a man she really dug and became a vital member of his family. She worked hard as she took care of them, all of them, even though, as she would say, they were mostly independent cusses 
Then she watched them all die. She inherited this family's legacy. And now she's someone who's ready to do something besides carry it around for the rest of her life. It is so not my story. You know, it's somebody else's to tell. And now someone just needs to come along and pick up this beautiful little place in the middle of the valley and keep it around. That's what I'm hoping. For the Last Best Stories podcast, I'm Jewel Banville. Thanks for listening. <laughs>